Today on Hardwired. Please understand, Satan's tactic to get you out from under being submitted to God is to get you to move in haste, to get you to move in the flesh, to get you to act without his counsel, without his advice, without the amen of the word of God. Satan's message is don't pray about it, don't inquire of the Lord, don't wait for some answer from above. You know what's best, jump. Welcome to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire founder and senior pastor of Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. If you're looking for some words of hope, encouragement, solid biblical truth, and maybe even a laugh or two, well, that's exactly what Pastor Jeff wants to share with you today. We know life can get pretty busy and complicated at times, so we're truly grateful you've chosen to take a break and listen to the program. Now, if you're not able to hang out with us for the entire program, you can always check it out at our website, hardwired.org. In fact, you can find all the programs right there waiting just for you, hardwired.org. But right now, here's Pastor Jeff to tell us more about today's program on Hardwired. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us. There is a key to resisting the devil, to having victory over the devil, to winning spiritual warfare. And that is, we're to submit to God. A lot of people don't think about that, but that is the initial posture for spiritual warfare that assures us the victory. Because we really can't rebuke a devil when we are submitted not to God, but to our own flesh. So James lets us know the key to warfare victory is to submit first to God. Well, what does that mean? And how can I submit to God? Well, that's today's message, so stay tuned, grab your Bible and a pen, something to write on. I'm so excited to share part two of the message, Submit to God. Let's get right to it. I want to talk to you today about something very, very important. How many of you can see that we're in a spiritual warfare? And how many of you know it's not with flesh and blood, ultimately, but it's against rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness? principalities and powers that have the church in their crosshairs. They don't want the gospel going out. They don't want the word going out. They don't want people saved. They don't want Jesus preached. So I'm going to talk to you today about resisting the devil. Resisting the devil. I want everybody, let's warm up. Say we resist the devil. Let's read James 4 verse 7. And then we're going to read 1 Peter 5 verse 6. And it's just two verses. And then we're going to pray and be seated. Here we go. Matter of fact, it's so short. Read it with me. Ready? Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Did you read that right? Did I read that right? He will flee. You know what flee comes from? A Greek word means run as if in terror of. He will run terrified of a church that is rightly resisting him. Peter says, and James says also, the key, the number one, number spiritual warfare 101 is to be submitted to God. That's the posture of the person that wants to win in spiritual warfare. That's the posture, submitted to God. Now, most Christians, when you think of spiritual warfare, they think of you know, rebuking the devil, binding the enemy, putting on the armor of God, so on and so forth. But James and Peter are telling us that if we want to win, we must first have this posture of being submitted to God. Nobody who's not submitted to God is going to win. 
It begins with submission to God. All genuine victory over Satan's attacks begins with being submitted to God, all right? And that's how you successfully resist the devil. James says you resist him by submitting to God and submitting to the authority and the truth of his word. Now, I'm gonna share with you just a couple of ways uh, due to time, just a couple of ways the devil traps us into uh, not submitting to God because that's what he's after. He wants, be born again all day. You're gonna go to heaven. But if he can get you not submitted to God on this earth, you're not gonna be fruitful. So let me give you a couple of the ways that he does it. These are some of his best tactics. Here they are. First, he, Satan offers quick solutions over waiting on God. He offers quick solutions over waiting on God. He offers shortcuts to solving our problems. He tempts us to move in haste without waiting on God's answer, which often, let me hear a big amen, requires patience. Waiting on God's answer? Yeah. How many of you have ever looked up and said, God, your timing sure ain't mine, right? God always seems to take longer than I would. And so I've learned, but here's the deal. If the devil can get you to accept a shortcut, quick solution to a problem in your life that didn't come from God, he can lure you out from under being submitted to God because being submitted to God means also waiting on God for God to give you his God-sent answers to the problems in your life. So God speaks. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and he will not upbraid you for asking, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering for he that doubts is like the waves of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. Let not that man think he shall receive anything from the Lord. The double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. We're to learn to wait. But when we take the devil's shortcuts and believe me, he gives them, he gives them, we get out from under submission to God and we end up oppressed. Let me give you a great example. Jesus in the wilderness. There he is for 40 days battling Satan. He hadn't eaten. He hadn't had a thing to eat, not one thing. He's 40 days. It says in, in Mark's gospel that he was in the wilderness with the beasts, the jackals, the hyenas, the dangerous predators. He's in the wilderness. He's alone. He has no prayer partner. He's out there fighting Satan. We only know about three of the temptations. That doesn't mean that's all that came at him. For 40 days, Satan was coming at him. But the Holy Spirit chose to tell us what three of the temptations were. He gave him three major temptations. And one of them, here's what Satan said to Jesus. It says, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their splendor. And he says, all this I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. All of this, Jesus, I will give you. If you just bow down and worship me, Matthew 4, 8 to 9. Now the Bible says, listen to this, it was indeed God's will that Jesus have all the kingdoms of the world. Satan knew it. Isn't it amazing what Satan knows? He knows the Bible better than a lot of believers because he quotes the Bible. And if you don't know the Bible, he'll quote it bad to you and he'll twist it. And he twists the word now with Jesus. He said, I know that it's God's will that you inherit all the kingdoms of the world. Because in Revelations, verse, chapter 11, verse 15, here the day is gonna come when this is said, 
The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and forever. There's Jesus receiving all the kingdoms of the world at the end of time. And Satan knew it. But what was Satan doing? He was offering a shortcut. He wanted to tempt Jesus to step out of God's timing because God's plan always was to turn over all the kingdoms of the world to his son. But only after he had died for the sins of men. So Satan was trying to circumvent Jesus from going to the cross, which was Satan's biggest nightmare. Because on the cross, Satan lost death. He lost hell and he lost the power of the grave. So here's the devil trying to lure Jesus into accepting an illegitimate shortcut to something that was legitimately his. Do you get it? Do you see how the devil did this? Worship me and I'll give it all to you. And here was the magic word. I'll give it to you now. You won't have to wait. You can have it now. Just think about it, Jesus. If you just bow down right now, it's all yours now. You won't have to go through that painful cross. I'll give it to you now. Of course, Jesus saw right through it and uh, rejected it. It is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. But, but this is Satan's way. He tries to lure us into accepting his quick, easy, shortcut solutions to what God's will is for us if we just wait on God. Satan says, go ahead and marry this person now. You may never get another proposal. Do it now. Jump while the jumping's good. Or how about this one? Do this business deal now. Even if it's a little shady, God understands. Or how about this one? Quickly grab that expensive car you've always wanted before someone else gets it. God will provide. Now, how many of you know those bills come every month as faithfully as anything in the universe? How many of you ever been walking through the mall and you heard God talk? Oh, isn't that a beautiful dress? Isn't that a beautiful suit? Oh, don't you know God wants you to have that? Isn't it amazing how God can talk to you in the mall and tell you, get it now, get it. But I don't have the money. I don't hardly have enough to pay my bills. Oh, God will cover it. Do it now. Somebody else is going to grab it. Do it now. God wants you blessed. Do it now. And you don't wait for the word of God. You know, it says in the Bible, those that really honor God, it says this about them every time. It says they inquired of the Lord. Do I go to battle? Do I go against this enemy? Do I go here? Do I go there? Do I do this? Do I do that? They inquired of the Lord. And guess what? When they didn't inquire of the Lord, they got in trouble every time. Inquire of the Lord. I want everybody to say with me, God's talking. If I'm listening. Well, that was about five of you. Let's try this one. God's leading. If I'm following. Please understand Satan's tactic to get you out from under being submitted to God is to get you to move in haste, to get you to move in the flesh, to get you to act without his counsel, without his advice, without the amen of the word of God. Satan's message is don't pray about it. Don't inquire of the Lord. Don't wait for some answer from above. You know what's best. Jump. But if we don't pay about major decisions and run them through the sifter of God's word and sometimes even better godly counsel, we are in danger of not being submitted to God. And Satan wants to oppress us by making hasty decisions outside of God's timing by taking one of his shortcuts. And he, listen, he gives shortcuts all the time. I see believers take shortcuts all the time without waiting on God. 
And I've done it. I've done it many times. And I always hurt for it. Amen. So everybody say, wait on God. Now let's say together, no shortcuts. No, no shortcuts. Wait on God. God will tell you what to do. Now, another way Satan succeeds in luring us out of submission to God, because remember, if he can get you out of submission to God, you can't defeat the devil. You got to be submitted to God in all things. And here's how he'll do it. Here's the second way, the last way I'm going to talk about today, by bringing doubt about God's word. He sows doubt about God's word. This is happening everywhere, in churches everywhere. Christians are reassessing scripture. They're saying, I'm not so sure this is true or that's true, or I was taught right, or I interpreted that right. And they're, they're, they're putting a fancy name on it. They're calling it deconstruction. Now, I call it backsliding. But they call it deconstruction, where they go, well, I'm not so sure Jesus is the only way. I'm not so sure that the way I was taught about this or that was really the right way. And they're reassessing, they're doubting the veracity, the truth of God's word. And what they don't understand is if the devil can get us to doubting God's word, he can get us out from under submitting to God. He does it this way. He either adds to God's word something that it doesn't say, or he takes away from what it does say. And that's how he gets you to doubt God's word. We'll get back to Pastor Jeff in a moment to close out today's program. But first, I wanna share something about our program. Our mission is actually very simple, to share the life-changing good news of Jesus Christ in a way that gets hardwired into your life. And we trust these messages from Pastor Jeff aren't something you can only listen to and enjoy, but that they inspire you to share with others. The message of the gospel is something everyone needs to hear, and that's why it's a priority to us. And you get to join us in this important mission. Call us at 877-884-3111 to say you're in. Or drop us a line at our website, hardwired.org. Well, here's Pastor Jeff with the rest of today's program. Let's jump all the way back to the Garden of Eden, where the first temptation happened. Here's Adam and Eve. They have been given a paradise that is indescribable, unimaginable. We will never, in our, on our best day, begin to imagine what Eden looked like. It was bliss. It was heaven on earth. It was glorious. It was magnificent. God blessed them with every blessing they could have possibly imagined or asked for. It came with only one stipulation. God said in Genesis 2, 17, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That tree right over there, it's right there. There's that tree. And they looked at that tree when God said it. God said that tree the knowledge of good and evil, that's the one thing you can't eat of it. You can't eat of that tree. Everything else is yours. But that one tree, you can't eat of it. That's it. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So it was a command with a warning. If you eat of that tree, you're going to die. All they had to remember was one verse. All they had to remember was one command. We've got 66 books to remember. They only had one command, one word from God. Don't eat of that tree. That was it. That's all they had to remember. And they even managed to mess that up. Now, I want you to look. This is the very thing Satan attacked. He did not come to Eve and say, wow, Eve, you're kind of aging. Wow, you know, you need to look in the mirror. 
because you're not looking as good as when God created you. He didn't get her, he didn't do that. He didn't attack her that way. Or he didn't attack her and say, I don't think Adam's the one for you. None of that. No, none of that. No. What did Satan attack? He attacked God's word. The one word God gave them, that's what he attacked. He attacked God's word. Let me ask you, has he ever changed? Never. He has never changed. He attacked God's word. He knew if I can get her to doubt God's word, I can get her out from being submitted to God. And that's when I can ruin them. So he said, then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. No, Eve, come on. You've got it all wrong. You've misunderstood God. You're not going to die. And look what he did. He refuted God's word. He argued about it. He twisted it in her mind until finally she doubted it. She doubted whether or not she had it straight. She doubted whether or not she was interpreting it correctly. Did, did, did I hear God right? Am I really not supposed to touch that tree and eat of that fruit? Is that true? And we have the same kind of battles today. The devil says, God didn't really mean what you were always taught about sexual sin. All that matters is if you love that person. And he steals away God's protective warnings. Or Jesus didn't really mean that he was the one and the only way to heaven. Come on. There are many paths. As long as you're sincere, God sees your sincerity. And in taking away from the word, he steals God's path of salvation away. Or God never said that marriage was exclusively for a man and a woman. That's a misinterpretation. All that matters is if you love them and are committed. And he steals away God's plan for the family. He steals by taking away from God's word, making you doubt something in it, making you doubt that you've had it right. And in this way, he moves people out from under submission to God. And if he can get you out from under submission to God, where you start living against the clear instructions of the Bible, then he can oppress you and he can ruin you. Conversely, the Bible also warns that in the last days, catch this, everybody, the devil will attack God's word by adding to it, adding to it things that aren't there. Listen to Paul. The Spirit clearly says that in the last times, some are going to abandon the faith, walk away from their faith in Christ Jesus and follow what? Deceiving spirits and things demons are teaching. They're gonna turn their ear away from what God said and they're gonna listen to somebody who's adding to the Bible something that's not there. So quiet in here. But this is so important, y'all. You know how many false prophets are out there? How many false teachers are out there? Social media is so full of them. It's everywhere. And many last days Christians, Paul says, are gonna listen to things taught in Jesus' name that don't have a thing to do with Christianity. You're gonna hear people talking in the name of Christ who are not gonna be laying out for you the genuine Christian life. Things that are added to the scriptures, they're gonna add things that aren't there. And, and, and when people open the door to it, they're gonna depart from the real faith and follow a fable, a myth, something phony, something fake. Give you a few examples. The false religion of Mormonism added the Book of Mormon to the Bible. Book of Mormon is not a part of the word of God, but it's been added. You get in the Mormon church, you're gonna get that Book of Mormon. That's not the word of God. The Bible is the word of God, but they added it. Islam added the Quran to replace the Bible, claiming inspiration. 
Jehovah's Witnesses added their own translation of the Bible, which is filled with added verses that are twisted to fit their false doctrine, things added. And there's even subtler kinds of deception that come with better disguises. They aren't totally true and they aren't blatantly false, but they're almost true, almost true. They come subtly twisted by careful nuance and hard to detect shades of meaning. It's like getting a great meal in a restaurant. I got a great meal at a restaurant one time. I mean, this was wonderful. I think it was steak. I was paying for this thing. And, and I got the plate and I'm getting ready to eat it. And I see a hair in it. Now, what would you think of me? if I said, ah, you know, no big deal. And I went to eat it. Now, what do we do when we find something like a hair in our meal at a restaurant? We call the waitress over. I can't eat this. There's no way I'm eating this. Because if there's one, there may be more. Thank you. I don't like eating hair, especially if I don't know where it came from. So I reject the meal. Amen? But see, gullible Christians all the time listen to teaching that's got hair in it. And we hear a couple of false statements and we say, oh, no big deal. And, and uh, there's clear signs of false teaching. But we say, oh, well, the rest of it's good. And they eat the meal anyway and they assimilate it into their lives and they end up becoming oppressed by the devil. Oh, are y'all hearing me today? We are to be selective. We are to be discerning. We are to be smart about what we eat regarding our soul. Say, oh, come on, Jeff, you're just really splitting hairs. No pun intended. <laughs> Am I? Listen to this. Paul tells his young son of the faith, Timothy, he says this, take heed to yourself, Timothy, and to the teaching you've received. Continue, listen to this, in sound teaching, Timothy. For in doing this, you will, listen to this, everybody, save both yourself and those who hear you. Did you catch that? Sound doctrine, and doctrine just means teaching. That's all it means. It just means teaching. Sound teaching saves the teacher and it saves the listener. It has a saving effect. It'll save you from being deceived. It'll save you from being ruined by false teaching. It'll save you from being led astray. It has a saving effect. So if the Bible tells me that, it, that if I listen to sound teaching, it's going to save me, I'm on the hunt for sound teaching. You got to watch that something hasn't been taken from the word or added to the word because the devil knows if I can get them out from under the word, then they're not going to be submitted to God. If they're not submitted to God, they can resist me all day long. It's not going to do any good. They can bind, loose, rebuke fast, pray, but if they're not submitted, listen, Satan laughs at the Christian who rebukes him while that Christian is not submitted to God. Are y'all with me? The important thing to walk away with today is submission to God is the first lesson in spiritual warfare 101. I got to be submitted to God. So every day when I get up and I go straight to the prayer room after uh, getting my coffee, which God made on the eighth day and said, it is good. And I get my coffee. I love coffee. You say, Pastor, you ought to give that up. I don't want to give it up. You say, well, you're kind of hooked. I, I, I like that hook. I'm just kidding. If that's the only vice in my life, I'm very well off. And I wouldn't call it a vice. I just enjoy it. Anyway, I get my coffee and I go in there 
and I open up the Bible because I realize this is my instruction manual for living and every word in it is true. And whatever it tells me about morals, ethics, philosophy, theology, it's always true. And I come in under that word. And if I have in any way broken that word and grieve God or sinned against God, I get it under the blood. I, I do not want to give a sin more than a 24-hour shelf life. So I get it under in that prayer time. And I say, Lord, today I will defeat the devil as I am submitted to you. Because I can't resist him till I'm submitted. Now, next week, I'm gonna, Lord willing, I'm going to talk to you about resisting what it means to resist the devil. But everybody say with me, submit first to God. Thanks for listening today to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. To get a copy of today's message, give us a call at 877-884-3111. Or you can pick it up at our website, hardwired.org. That's 877-884-3111 or the website, hardwired.org. While you're there at the website, you'll find today's message along with all the messages from Pastor Jeff. We know they've been an encouragement to you, so be sure to forward them on to a friend who you think needs to hear today's message or any of the messages there at the website. It might be the very thing they need to be encouraged as well. Again, the website is hardwired.org or call us at 877-884-3111. If you haven't been to the website lately, jump on over there and take a look at all we have for you. One last thing, your partnership with this program through your generous giving is always needed and very appreciated. We know Hardwired is making a difference in your life. So this is how you can make a difference to ours. Please take a minute to send your best gift through our website, hardwired.org, or by calling 877-884-3111. Thanks so much for your heart of generosity. We truly do appreciate it. Be sure to join us next time right here on Hardwired. Hi, everybody. This is Jeff Wickwire, host of the Hardwired broadcast. And I'm so excited to tell you about this month's offer for you, our listeners. For a gift of $40 or more, we want to send you the beautiful new Bible put out by Tyndale called Immerse, the Reading Bible. Our offer contains a beautiful, reads-like-butter New Testament featuring the New Living Translation. The Immersed Bible New Testament contains no chapters, no verses, just like the original manuscripts in which the Bible was written, so that it reads more like a story. It also comes with an eight-week reading plan, maps, and a helpful summary of every New Testament book. So if you want to try a really unique approach to your daily Bible reading, just go to hardwire.org and click Donate Now to give your gift of $40 or more. We'll send you the Immerse Bible immediately. And thanks once again for your support of Hardwired. Every dollar we receive will go toward reaching the world with God's Word.